This is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lodge number two, and I am here speaking on the level to Matt Armour. Matt, why don't we start out by you giving me your full name, name of your home, Blue Lodge, and the offices or titles you have connected to that lodge. Matthew Armour, member of Arizona number two. I am currently chaplain this year. Um, Any other um, Masonic organizations you're a member of? Shriners. Transportation unit. Okay. And other lodges as well do you belong to? Pinal Lodge, number 30. Okay. Acting chaplain. Acting if chaplain. there is an acting chaplain. <laughs> I'm just throwing in. So you're two chaplains. You're chaplain in two different lodges. And you yeah. kind of sit, we were just talking about this. You're kind of where you're at. I drove out to Awatuki to your house today on the south side of South Mountain. First time I've been down here. It's beautiful. And you're kind of equidistant to both the lodges that you're yeah. part of right now. Yeah. my I joined because my grandpa was master of Pinal Lodge in 1954. Wow. So I thought, well, how cool would that be? Masonry is steeped in history. Right. So if I join that lodge and someday become master of that lodge, that would be how cool. cool would that be? That would be very cool. So do you remember so your grand? You were telling me a little bit. I got to see your Masonic room here with your picture of your grandfather and everything. And you said your grandfather and his grandfather were Masons. Did, is your dad his a Mason? Dad. His dad, or yeah. grandfather and great grandfather. Yeah, my grandfather and my great grandfather were both thirty-third degree Masons on my mom's side. On my dad's side, I know there were some, but we haven't found them yet. So, when did you first hear of this thing called Masonry? Do you remember? I started working for Keith Dean, and Keith started talking about it. I was at the time a single dad. Actually, I raised my daughter as a single dad, and um, Keith started talking to me about it and said, you know, I I think you'd make a good Mason. Did you know at the time that your grandfather and great-grandfather were Masons? I had no idea. My mom didn't even tell me that she was a rainbow girl until after I became a Mason. Until after? That's how, oh, how, funny. I, that's how secretive they were back then. That's so weird. Yeah, because they... In some ways, they still think they got to keep these secrets, I suppose, huh? Yeah. So after you became a Mason, you found out your mom was a rainbow girl, your grandfather and your great-grandfather were Masons. Yeah. It's actually in, they have it down at Scottish Rite in the computer system. Oh, okay. Because they were 33rd degrees. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I reached out to my grandfather. My grandfather was Scottish Rite in... Uh, Indiana, and I actually was able to call the northern jurisdiction and get uh, some information on him after I joined. So that was kind of cool. That it's one of the cool. things I like about masonry is we keep good records. Yeah. You know, they keep good history, and that's uh, kind of one of the things that drew me in. So, so you first heard about it from Keith. Do you remember, uh, once once you found out about it, I guess, how long did it take for you to start really looking into joining? Did you join right away? Pretty much. Pretty much. I took, I actually took the one-day class. Okay. April 4th of 2004. Um, I got involved in the Chandler Lodge because it was closer to my house, but not really involved. I would go to meetings and stuff like that. I was, but I was raising my daughter at the time by myself. So it was kind of hard to really, my focus wasn't really on masonry. Right. And I kind of got, I got away from it for a long time. And then, as you know, I came back a couple years ago. So 2004, you were raised 
And then all of a sudden, you know, maybe it's 2016, maybe 2013, 2014, you came back. 2014. You came back with a vengeance. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you've seen it. It seems much. like you've always been here. So, you know, to me, I don't think of it as, as you were gone, but I'm still fairly new, too. So um, what was it that when, when you first learned about it, I guess, with Keith, what was the attraction to masonry for you? Um, at the time, I didn't know. I was just, I thought... The Freemasons, wow. It's some mystery there. Yeah, there was a mystery. I had no idea what it was all about. Today, looking back on it, it's totally different than what I thought. How so? Well, masonry for me has become more of a journey of, they always say it, and it's cliche, becoming a better man but learning the ritual actually learning the ritual and I can tell you hundreds of stories and I can tell you a story that just happened the other day about how you you can you learn the ritual but you actually learn to see what it is in life like when I was learning and I wrote an article about this, I don't remember if you, I don't know if you read it, but um, when I was learning the first degree lecture, I was about halfway through it. Keith and I were working on the roof of um, this small shop one day, putting in a uh, condensing unit. What a good part of town. It was like, Four o'clock in the afternoon. It was 118 degrees out that day. Ugh. I was dying of heat. We had heat exhaustion. Came down the ladder, um, and this guy walks up to me, and I he didn't even say anything. I said, "No, I don't have any money." And he's like, "No." And I looked down, and he has a cast on his arm. And he has his shirt half on and half off. And I'm like, wow. And he goes, um, he goes, I just need to help put my shirt on. Really? Yeah. And I thought, I, I'm like, wow. It instantly clicked. That's, Oh, very weird. <laughs> I know. It is he just weird. came out of nowhere and asked you to help oh, yeah. put a shirt on. Oh, that's interesting. But it's it's like in the ritual, and I can't quote it, but those of you who would listen to this in the future would know which part I'm talking about. And we are a fraternity of charity. It, it was just, it was the weirdest thing. Huh. Yeah, it's always interesting when when what we do in Lodge crosses over into day-to-day life and you a light bulb goes on and clicks and you learn a lesson, you know? Yeah, that's what I think it was it was written for. Hmm. So you had you had, a, had an interesting uh, entrance in that you learned about it from, I guess, your boss, really. Keith was your boss at the, boss Keith, at the time. Keith was more... My dad passed away when I was 21. Keith kind of stepped in and was like a father figure. So he and his son and, and I 
both became Masons at the same time. Oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, thank you. I hope not. No, oh, I don't think that's true. Okay. Oh, it's in my it's in my interview now. That's all right. <laughs> We've got all kinds of crazy stuff in the interview. Doorbells ringing, phones ringing. It's okay. So, yeah, you worked for a guy. So did you guys, did Masonry cross over into your day-to-day job at all? Not with him. Not, not with, with him? Not no. with... Not with business, no. So, you, you mentioned how you took a break from 2004 to 2000, what did we say, 13? 2014, 2014. So, 10 years, really. You, you were a Mason, but for 10 years, you really didn't do a whole lot. No. What was it that all of a sudden triggered, you know, I just want to, I want to do more? What was it that triggered that change? I had... I had stopped working for Keith for about 10 years, got different jobs, went into a different aspect of refrigeration, and then I started working for him again. And I, I started being around more Masons, and I thought, I miss this. Just the way they are. You know, because when you meet a brother, you're, you're family. Right. Instantly. Which is, I think, the best part of masonry. For sure, yeah. And I'm like, well, I, I got to get back into it. So do you, why, uh, why when you joined, do you know, did, did masonry have a different attraction than Kiwanis or Knights of Columbus or, I don't know, there's a lot of, I guess there's a lot of fraternities, a lot of them even spun off from masonry that are available now. What was the unique aspect of masonry? History. History, yeah. Even before I knew about my family members, it was the history and how far back it goes and the stories. I didn't know at the time, I didn't know the the ritual. I didn't know what actually masonry did. So there's a whole different attraction now. Right. Um... But it was just, it was the history, it was, it was the mystery. I always joked with Keith, am I going to be able to shoot laser beams out of my eyeballs? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you'll be able to do that. I'm still waiting for that one. <laughs> I know, I am too. Can't do it yet. So what, what is, you know, there is that mystery, which I think is still a pretty cool part of, of what masonry is. But you touched on something else before you said about making good men better. And, and that comes up a lot. And I think a lot of guys grab onto that. Has masonry made you a better man? I I would like to think so. I don't know. I can't judge myself. Only one person can judge me. What I do know is that masonry has given me the tools to become a better man. I There was someone who... And this is very important. Someone posted, one of our brothers posted on Facebook uh, a few weeks ago. You have religion, and you have, and you have masonry, which isn't supposed to be religion. But religion, in one aspect, tells you what you have to do. They say you have to be like this. You have to do this. You have to do this. Masonry actually gives you the tools to do it. So we are, other than you have to believe in the supreme being, we don't discriminate against any religion. 
so we're not like a religion, but we kind of are in the aspect, in my opinion, I agree with the brother, that it gives you the tools to become a better man. And something clicks in your heart, and I don't know if it's everybody's, all of ours, I could say in yours, I see it in yours, you have a lot of zeal, but in most of our hearts that it just, you start learning it and it becomes an everyday part of your life. It's it's the strangest thing. Are there, are there men you can think of in masonry that kind of uphold those ideals that you think of as the, of what masonry is? There's quite a few. Name some. Name some guys who made a difference to you and why. Tom Mish. Tom Mish. Then I was telling you that night you came up to me and you said, I have a whole different opinion of you now. <laughs> I know you were kidding when I gave the look. I was teasing you. I know, I know you were. But we really hadn't talked before sure, that much. right. Jeez, um, even little things like Ben. Ben and I have become really good friends. Ben we don't, we don't, Yeah, we don't go out on dates. But, you know, we never talked. But through masonry... We've become. There's been a closer. Or something yeah, like that. I mean, it's like I stopped at uh, QT one day, and I met a Prince Hall Mason. He was actually made a Mason in. Oh, it was Asia somewhere. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, and he had just come back, and he hadn't. Um, he hadn't looked up the Prince Hall Masons yet here but he was wearing a hat Masonic hat I said hey how you doing brother and he looked down the first thing he did is he looked down at my hand saw my ring and he was like hey brother how you doing <laughs> and it was just like instantly oh that's funny instantly the door was open yeah and Jennifer her father's a Mason I when I found out it was a Mason, I about I thought I was going to get. Now, Jen Jennifer is your fiance. Oh, fiance, sorry. You guys are getting married this year, September third. And so you were already dating her, yeah, before you found out her father was a Mason. Well, yeah, I found out her father was a Mason, mm. and then as soon as I found out, I was like, oh, I got to call. You got to call him. <laughs> I got to call right him right away. And it, I did that day. Good for you. <laughs> and he goes, no, I'd rather have her dating a Mason than anyone than else. Non-Mason, sure. Yeah, and he and I get along great. That's he lives awesome. in Tennessee. I haven't met him yet, but we talk all the time. Oh, I thought I saw you had something in your office from Tennessee, Grand Lodge of Tennessee. Do you yeah, have that's from him. What is it? Um, I have a coin. Was it that's? It's a coin, a commemorative coin from the uh, Grand Lodge of Tennessee. Cool. Nice. So he sends me stuff all the time. That's nice. She has a story. She was wearing her. Um, this goes with with masonry. She was wearing her her slipper. Masonic slipper one day, and she was in line. At the, and that, and at, tell me what that is again. Then. Oh, Masonic slipper is for family members, uh, well, uh, female family members of Masons, like daughters, um, wives, 
nieces, uh, grandmothers, that sort of thing. But she was standing in line at the grocery store one day. And there was a guy behind her, and he said, oh, I got this. Bought all her groceries, like a hundred bucks worth of food. I mean, that if that's not a perfect explanation of wow. masonry, then I don't know what is. So, what is it? So, I want to go back to what you mentioned. You mentioned Tom Mish is, is somebody you oh. think of as, as upholding. Tell me a little bit more about why Tom or anybody else you can think of. Tom is just so loving. He is just... He, you know, he's a man, but he treats everybody fairly. He, he, want, he just wants harmony. And we probably can't hear you until this plane oh. goes overhead. Yeah. Or helicopter, whatever. Oh, it's a helicopter. Oh, sure. Sure. There it goes. Apaches go by. <laughs> oh, I bet that's cool. They have cobras, too. Um, anyway, you're saying Tom is very loving. Tom, he's just a generous man. Really generous man. And very down to earth. Has a big heart. Yourself. Look at all you're doing for masonry. And it's not, it's not like other people like Ben and um, who else? I have to stop and think. I'm having a brain fart. I'm putting you on the spot. That's right. I know, but it just—it's it, over. It's a progression. Jason, Jason, Jason Holbrook. Holbrook. Yep. He that. It's just people like that. The things they've been through, and how down to earth, how loving, how genuine. Despite the struggles they've been through. Yeah. Yeah. They are, and any one of them I could call at any time. Any one of you guys I could call at any time. And I know that you'd be there. Just like you know that you could call me and I'd be there. Yep. Michael DiGiacomo is another one. Michael, he texts me or emails me or calls me on a regular basis says, because he knows what's going on with my foot. Do you need help? Do you need anything? I'm like, no, I got it. I'm cool, but thank you. I mean, it, it's... That's something I didn't expect. That was an unexpected for me when I joined Masonry. I didn't realize that there was that, I didn't know about the brotherhood or the tightness or the ability to rely on each other. That was a pleasant surprise for me. That's what it's all about. Yeah. But it's also about, for me, like when I told the story of the guy with the shirt, half on, half off, it's also our duty to help those who aren't Masons. I was always told it goes family, friend, family, brothers, friends, which are kind of friends, and then the rest of the world. Well, my brothers are my family. So it, that kind of knocks both of them out right there. <laughs> and then the rest of the world. But we can't, we can't save everybody. We can't do everything for everybody. Otherwise, we become, we're going to burn ourselves out. So tell me, I want, I want you to tell this story just because this is what I think of. I remember not too long ago, we just had an event yesterday at the Masonic Temple where we had a 
um, music festival rent out the auditorium, and they also rented out the boiler room, and they did this little uh, dance room down there. They had studio lights and everything down there, and I took a picture, posted it on Facebook, and you commented on it. Tell me, and you're, you're going through a little uh, a pain right now. What's what's the story behind that boiler? My shining moment of glory. Your shining moment of glory. I was uh, helping Andrew. Well, we're, we're getting ready to run Ethernet cable. And there's no ladder down there. There's some old rickety ladder down there. And I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. We were going to put it up to the ductwork to go up to the uh, the first floor. And um, I climbed up on top of this boiler, probably about six feet tall, and I was in the wrong spot. Andrew wanted to go somewhere different. So I'm like, okay, no problem. I jump off this boiler. My feet came out from under me. I stuck one down, and I shattered my heel. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. I uh, had it in the boot for four months. They said it was okay. It wasn't okay. It wore out my whole, um, most of my heel. So they had to go in and re-break it. Oh, my gosh. Put a space in there. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, And then they put screws in it, did a bone fusion. And now one of the screws is sticking out about half an inch. But now they have to go back in and take it out. A lot of pain. And you get used to it. <laughs> so on, I guess on a on a lighter note, are there any? Can you think of any of the stories of a more uh, some anything funny that happened to you, or a more uh, lighthearted, fun story of your time in masonry? I tend to. You well, like in lessons. No, just any, you know, just remembering something from one of your brothers, or I don't know if you've traveled any any other lodges, or, uh, you know, oh, here's a good example. I want you to tell about this. I know you're in the shrine. Tell me about the shrine parade, and what do you do in the shrine parade? Oh, I drive a little car. I'll show you my it's car. It's not a little car. What is it? It's a Shriner car. It's a Shriner car. Yeah. Okay. You have your... In, how, how does that work? How do you end up... You're in, you're in the... You said you're in the transportation unit at the yeah. Shrine. What does that mean? They have different units. That? Yeah. Okay. They have different units in different clubs. Like they have the, the clowns. They have transportation unit. They have Temple Guard, which I'm part of that too. They have Culinary Club. They have the Computer Club. They have... Oh, geez. They have a bunch of different ones. Too many to name. What do you do in the transportation unit? I drive my little Shriner car. You drive your little Shriner car in the parade. And what's uh, that yeah. car look like? Uh, it's a little red Ford lowrider with flames on it. <laughs> and I'm in the process of putting, a, and I'll show you after this, a uh, beefier motor in it. It sounds like a Harley now. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. It actually shoots flames out of the tailpipe. Holy cow. <laughs> so what is that something that you, uh, how, when did you get into the, what's that unit in the parade called? That's the transportation unit? Yeah. Okay. How did you end up getting involved there? I joined the Shrine probably about the same time, 2014, and instantly they picked me up. I mean, I've, because, Raising my daughter, I was on the PTO, 
at our school growing up. Then I was on the board of directors at the YMCA. And being involved in all that stuff, I have always, I've seen little kids getting the short end of the stick. So joining the shrine, and I've actually been to some of the clinics and seeing those kids and how thankful they are and how normal we can make them feel is that's why I do the parades because the parades also the little kids they go crazy that's always a highlight watching the little cars zip around yeah they just they love it and doing well that we get money for that we win money for that from the parades most sometimes for being best entry best this oh I see okay and we also have fundraisers and stuff like that we're able to donate back to the shrine the main shrine and to keep it going which in turn keeps the insurance hospitals going does a small part excuse me but kids are I mean seeing those kids and I'm sure you've seen some of them they just it it had seeing the look on their face is is amazing so how did you, when you got in, tell me a little more, you got into the transportation unit. Did they give you a car? You got to come up with your own car? How does that work? I did so much. that I, I mean, I've been involved in so much, they gave me one. Nice. Guy wasn't using it for years, and I had gone around trying to buy one and did one like two grand for one that wasn't running and stuff like that. And so I got, they gave me one, I fixed it up. and Fixed it up and started running. and just got into it. And now you're just all about customizing it and making it cool it and is, making it your own. It is nice. And shooting flames out the back. And it's going to be like <laughs> 45 to 50 miles an hour. How many how many times a year do you do you ride that thing in a parade? Uh, well, lately with my foot, I haven't. I did the Fiesta Bowl parade last. Oh, cool. Wow, that's a pretty big parade. Yeah, it was a mile and a half. Wow. Um, Channel Three cut out though. They didn't. They didn't. Oh, they didn't see you. No, no one did. Bummer. People were mad. Um, They have the Awatuki parade here on the twenty seventh, and if I don't have surgery before then, I'm gonna be in that parade because it's right down the street. Right. So. Otherwise, I don't know. I may let someone else drive it. So I you put your fez hat on and you deck yourself out and you ride in the parade. You guys ride around in little circles, right, in the parade? Some do. Some do. Some have. Some of the guys have miniature semi trucks with the trailers, so they can't go in circles. Oh right, right, so right, big. right. But they are so nice. They got systems in them. Oh. It's, they got generators on them. They do the nighttime parades during Christmas. They put lights all over them and everything else. So it's just like one big horizontal Christmas tree <laughs> driving down the road. That's pretty cool. It is really cool. Oh, wow. So what do you what do you think the future of Freemasonry holds for you? What do you want to do? You mentioned before, like, it might be neat if one day, who knows, you could be... Uh, master the same lodge your grandfather was that'd be pretty neat that i my aspirations at this point are just to keep learning keep 
as masonry is a progressive moral science, just to keep learning and memorizing ritual, master ritualist someday, hopefully. That'd be cool. Um, as far as master, yeah, I'd like to be master. I don't, I don't feel the need to become a master of a lodge. But I, I probably will. Now, and, do, you, uh, do you have any other family members uh, that are involved in masonry today? My brother is actually a brother. Your brother, and where is he? Apache Lodge. Apache Lodge. Okay. He he's not as active. He probably will be more active. He'll be like me. Do you guys ever get a chance to do Masonic stuff together or no? Once. Once. What was it? He. I went. They did first degree. He gave the lecture. He does the same lecture I do. No, that's cool. I always think it's neat when you can do something together with a family member. That's uh, kind of way of deepening that bond, kind of a little bit. Yeah. No, he's a good kid. Is there any? He's not really a kid. Is there anything uh, else that you'd want to say in closing? Anything else you want to say about masonry or general or any other memories you can think of that you want to share? I could talk about masonry all day, but I don't know if I could put it on. <laughs> well, on as far as what you right. can actually talk about. <laughs> any any other stories we didn't touch on? Uh, it, you know, it's really made me a better person as in the fact of with Jennifer and I, my fiance. Um public speaking, just talking to people, forming a connection with people. Um, It's made me, the biggest thing I could ever say is it's made me look at life in a different way. Instead of, and it's another cliche, instead of looking, oh, look at me, look at at what I'm going through, or, or look at this, or what was me, I, on Thursday, I was driving to work, and driving out of here, you're driving east. So in the morning, the sun is shining right in your eyes. Oh, yeah. Well, I I was behind a car, and it rear-ended another car. Thank God God it turned out to be her stepdad, and everybody was okay. But there was no one else around, so I stayed to give a police report. Um... As I'm standing on the side of the road, here comes this guy, older gentleman, probably 70, 80, in a little mobile wheelchair with no legs. And I thought, what he would have, or what he would give, just to have the pain in my foot. That's an interesting way to look at it. And I don't think I was like that before. To appreciate the fact that even though you're in pain, you still have mobility. I appreciate the fact that I have pain in my foot. Right. It's just, it's amazing. Little things like that, it has helped me to see every day. Someone at Circle K buying another, someone else a crank. Passing the buck. I mean, some people just have it. Some people have it, but they have to learn it. I'm one of those people that has to learn it. And I struggle to learn it every day. But hopefully one day. We're working from the 
smooth, uh, rough ashlar to the perfect ashlar. King Solomon's temple. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for talking to me today. I appreciate it. Thanks, brother.